Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Conscious Man Podcast. I am your host, Scott Pagliaccio, and we are joined by our special guest and resident therapist, Casey Leamy. Hi, guys. How are y'all doing? Uh, and today, we wanted to uh, cover a topic, uh, actually a question that was posed to us by uh, one of our listeners. His name is Jeff, and the question is around social media, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the question to you, Casey. Is that cool with you? Yes. And before I do, would you mind, some of the people, some of the listeners may be new, some of them are returning, but do you want to give them like a little one minute uh, snapshot of who you are and what you're up to in the world? Sure. Uh, my name is Casey Levy. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and a chemical dependency counselor. Um, as well as trained in EMDR, which is uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. I use it a lot for trauma, but you can also utilize it for a lot of other, um, really almost anything, to be honest. Um, I used to work in a treatment center um, in the, the, the area, uh, dual diagnosis uh, for teenagers. And um, <laughs> now I have a private practice and I'm loving it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we're loving it too, uh, with all of the great tools and uh, we're getting a really great response. And uh, Jeff is asking, here's the question. He's he's asking, is there such a thing as social media addiction? If so, what are the signs besides always on the phone? Uh, how do you approach your partner, friend, family member about it? And uh, what do you do if the person doesn't believe they have an addiction and or doesn't think it's a problem. Okay. So let's break it down. You want to read that first question again? Sure. Yep. Uh, Jeff is asking, is there such a thing as social media addiction? Technically, no. But that's, Scott and I were talking about this before. I mean, you could argue it both ways, but if we're talking medically or in the DSM-5, which is what we use to um, diagnose people, that's the, the codes and the criteria. Um, in order to, to meet a diagnosis, um, there is not a social media diagnosis. So no, but having a, a social media addiction um, definitely meets the criteria of addiction, if that makes sense. So for example, like what is addiction? Um, the habit or behavior causes some kind of pleasurable sensation. Mm. Um, we definitely get that when we're on social media. Okay. Um, I mean, even like pornography too, is that? Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, so pornography, eating, um, exercising, those are called process addictions. So we're just not actually putting something, a substance into our body. So this would fall more into a process addiction, okay. but from my understanding, my knowledge, it hasn't, um, been, you know, clinically put into okay. the, the, umbrella of process addictions. Gotcha. Um, so it, it causes a pleasurable <laughs> sensation. Um, in reality, the habit is weakening the person in some way um, because one begins to need more and more of the habit to get the same effect. Mm. Um, withdrawal or symptoms of suffering. Uh, let's see. Uh, the behavior can cause conflict, you know, in everyday responsibilities uh, with your family, work or social obligations. Um, often one begins to lie, steal, exhibit other negative behaviors to maintain um, this habit or behavior. So that's just somewhat of a, a very short, short um, definition of addiction. It definitely goes much deeper than that. Yeah. Um, and when we look at it from a social media um, 
standpoint or social media compulsivity. Um, we have, you know, some very, very similar, similar, uh, criteria, I guess we could say. Okay. Um, and, uh, I did, did a little bit of research just to make sure I had, you know, some, some facts, some facts for you guys. Um, and the definition of social media addiction, um, from a couple articles that I have read, um, includes spending more than one hour, you know, at a time on social media or a day, I should say that one hour daily, spending more than one hour daily on any kind of social media site. So that's all together. That's not one hour on Facebook, one hour on Twitter, that's one hour in general. So collect um, collectively, yes. Gotcha. Uh, checking Facebook or you know social media uh, whenever possible. That could mean you know getting up in the morning and checking it, um, checking it whenever you go to the bathroom, checking it on your work break, checking it when you're at a red light. Um, and again, we're all guilty, not all, but a lot of us are guilty of that, you <coughs> know, me included. Sure. So this doesn't encompass everybody, um, but. It is something to, to, you know, just kind of be aware of and to kind of be able to kind of check yourself and, and ask yourself, how much time am I really spending on this? Yeah. Um, is there an emotion tied to having to check it? Like, are you are you feeling something and you just is there some anxiety or um, I think everyone's probably a little bit different. Yeah. But yes, I think a lot of people seek out social uh, media for different reasons, but continue to use it for some of the same reasons. Um, so say you just want to connect with friends. Um, and you realize that when I post a, something on Facebook about how I'm feeling that I get validated by people because in the real world, I may only see 10 of my friends, but on Facebook and I'm just using Facebook as an example, you can you know put any kind of social media in there. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't even know all, all of them anymore. Um, I have, 4,000 friends. And so, so many more people are reading that and a lot of people are validating that. Um, you know, I'm sorry that you had a bad day or, you know, yeah, so that teacher some... was in the wrong or, you know, something like that, giving their two cents, regardless if it's rational or irrational, but a lot of people get validated. So they're going to want to do that more and more and more and express how they're feeling, um, express their opinions. Um, I see a lot of people doing that like politically, you know, expressing their political opinions or um, really just any opinion in general that may add some controversy um, and people get sucked into that. Yeah. And uh, so I know people are constantly checking their Facebook, seeing, you know, did, did somebody respond to my comment or did someone like my comment? And you kind of get caught up in that of how many likes do I have on this or, um, you know, just somebody who's validating my feelings, basically, because, again, you have so many more friends, so many more people reading whatever you're posting compared to maybe normal life, whoever you would talk to. Um, as an example, I even have a I've had a couple <coughs> of clients who will take down pictures or take down posts if mm -hmm. they only get a certain amount of of likes. Really? Yes. OK. So for me, I would, you know, I would want to dig deeper. Right. Because I feel like, you know, for a lot of people, addiction is um, it's definitely a biological, you know, genetic component. But it, um, it can also be a symptom of okay. something that's going on a little bit deeper. So if they're you know, honing in on that, if they're honing in on how many likes I have and this picture only got 22 likes and doesn't meet my 25 like criteria, I'm going to take it off. I would want to 
figure out why, like what's going on with your self-esteem, your yeah. self-worth. Is there something bigger you know, going on? Why do you need to be validated yeah. in this way? And more than likely, there's going to be a bigger reason. And they may be aware of it or they may not be aware of it. Yeah. So, so well, if the, and if the partner is, it needs to address it with the person who he perceives has uh, a problem, coming at that person from a defensive standpoint isn't going to get them to uh, come closer to them, right? I mean, it's... Probably not. So, so, so should someone... If they're partnered, you know, and it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case may be, try to understand the other person and, and why rather than like pathologizing them saying, hey, Casey, uh, I, you've got a problem, you know, just like attacking them. Hey, you got a problem with social media and you need to stop doing that. Yes. That would not be the, the way to get underneath what's going on for that person, right? No, Do you more have a, than likely you're going to get a defensive response. Okay. Um, and again, there's no one size fits all. Some people need that, you know, just straight black and white in mm. your face. So if that's what works for that individual, go for it. Yeah. Um, but for most people, and I will start off with this statistic that 42% of young adults have reported that they felt that their partner was distracted by a mobile device when spending time together. Wow. What was it? 42%. 42%. Wow. So that's almost half of us. Yes. Wow. And I imagine it's, you know, in, constantly increasing because yeah. we're constantly on our phones. We can do everything on our phones. It's basically a, a computer or it is a computer. Yeah. Um, so you are, you know, correct in my opinion of not attacking somebody for it as much as it's frustrating, right. as much as you may feel disrespected. Um, first of all, they may not be fully aware okay. of how much time they're spending. And I wanted to go over that quickly, but we'll hone in on kind of how to approach. And this could be a partner this can be a friend. Okay, yeah. This can be a family member. This is just somebody whom you're genu genuinely concerned with how much time they're spending on social gotcha. media. Um, well, I would suggest talking in person, but I would also suggest writing a letter. I love letters okay. because you have time to write it out. Yeah. You have time to erase what you don't want yeah, to put in there. Yeah. Um, you have time to reread like it and make sure that it you know, is stated the way that you want it to be stated. Sure. Um, and you also can give it to the person and allow them to read it, to process it, to process those emotions and not just immediately respond. Okay. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of letters. So even it, so writing the letter and just then articulating to the person you want to, you want to get their buy-in on connecting around this topic, not just bum rushing them. You're not just coming at them with, you know, uh, we need to do this right now, but giving them the opportunity, setting some context, letting them know that you'd like to have a conversation when they're open to connection. Would that be more conducive to them kind of opening and being more receptive to having the conversation yeah, and then I having? So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so communicating with the empathetic and non-judgmental manner. Um, we kind of touched on this in some of the, the previous uh, podcasts of that doesn't just include your words, that includes your tone, mm -hmm. your body language. Are you, you know, do you have just like this look of anger on your face? Are you standing kind of like, you know, arms crossed or just very kind of not turning towards the person? So all of that plays a big role. Okay. Um, it's not just the words that come out of our mouth. That is just one form of communication. So really just kind of being aware of that and not being, you know, judgmental because again, that's going to, more than likely yield a defensive response. Um, you know, making a list of your loved one's positive qualities uh, 
that are a parent without their cell phone. Um, maybe including in that list things that you miss doing with your partner that maybe you don't do as often. Um, things you know, things like that. You want to add add a little bit of positivity in there as well. So lead, are you saying lead with some po- rather than just lambasting them, kind of uh, with this list of things that you don't like or these behaviors that are concerning to you? You start with listing some things that they are that that you enjoy. You don't necessarily have to start with it, but okay. I would add that at some point. Um, again, you know your who you know you know your partner better than I do, yeah. um, so you kind of have to to listen to yourself on that and say, you know, this this person needs to hear straight up. First, you know, the first thing of I have a major concern. Here. Okay, yeah, I have a concern. You know that you're spending too much time on on social media, and this is the behaviors that I see. However, these are the things that I miss about us that, mm. you know, I feel like I've been neglected since, you know, being on social media. Also, you know, throw yourself in there if you also are on social media. Of course. And, you know, you don't want to just make this a one-sided ar- argument or not argument, excuse me, discussion. Um, and, and because it's, it's, it's normal. I mean, if you Google social media addiction, I mean, there is so much information. Yeah. So this isn't just one person. This isn't just your partner going through this. This is a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's very, very common. It's instant gratification. Yeah. It's that compulsivity and um, that instant reward. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a hard thing to break. So you want to address your concern, but in a respectful manner. Sure, sure. Because a lot of times we project what we you know, what we don't want to look at in ourselves. So you're saying that you, the, the the partner needs to take a look at himself or herself and say, uh, I'm probably doing some social media uh, stuff too. It's not just you. And, and and then you said another thing that I like was you, you used an I statement. So that, that person owning how they feel, not projecting their blame onto their partner. Exactly. And then you took their words right out of my mouth, avoiding blaming the individual um, making sure, you know, it comes from an encouraging and collaborate, collaborative perspective. Um, you know, like I said, when you kind of throw yourself in there, you could do something along like the lines of, hey, I want to put some boundaries up with social media and, and our phones in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be social media. Uh, you know, we're not going to bring them to the dinner table or I'm not going to bring my phone to the dinner table. How do you feel about not bringing yours to the dinner table? Right um, Taking the lead. Yes. I like that. Um, that's where you're going to get the buy-in a little bit more. Sure. And again, everyone knows their partner, you know, the best. Um but again, not blaming because you're going to get that defensive response right. and looking at yourself and your behaviors, sure. um, because that's more than likely where your partner's head is going to go. Is, <laughs> yeah. Wait a second, yeah. you have an account and you're on there. And um, so just kind of avoiding that. Um, do not, you know, talk down or degrade, you know, no name calling, anything like that. Um, allowing the other person to speak, to share, you know, their reasoning for it or just just share, you know, let them, sure. let them speak and yeah. have that time. Um, that would be the best way really to approach it. And like I said, I'm a big, big fan of letters just because you can really get out what you're saying and the person can read it and reread it or, you know, reread it three times, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and it's not like you're I'll, saying something in the heat of the moment when you're, what you might be a little bit charged, you might have something, you know, a little anger or some frustration or whatever. So writing it down and you, reading it first, getting clear on what it is exactly you want to say is, is going to be better. Absolutely. It's going to land better, I'm assuming, for the other person. And then some some things that, um, that you can do, some boundaries that you can put in place for yourself, 
um, or you and your you know partner can put in place um, is first of all figure out you know how much time you're really spending on social media. Um, setting a timer, <coughs> just really looking about how much time you know throughout the day when you're up in the morning, at lunch, when you're at work, whatever. Kind of try to calculate that, and that'll give you kind of a real you know a real life example of wow I spent two and a half hours on social media yeah, today. That's great. Um, when was I on it? Was I on it when I was driving? Cause that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um, even if it's just at a red light, you know I mean? Things like that. Um, what else could you have done that two and a half hours? You could have gone and worked out. You could have taken a nap. You could have worked on work. You could have spent time with your kids, you know, anything like anything like that. Yeah. Um, but that's work a, on your life pie. Yes. Work on the life pie. Um, turning off notifications. I think that's a big thing because we're in that we're in um, the mindset of that instant gratification. That so ding. when we see yes, when we see that ding or we look at our phone and it says you know friend request or Scott liked your picture or <laughs> you know someone commented or something that you want to immediately look at that. So by turning that notification off, you're not reminding your brain constantly of. Is that when you, you do you get a hit of dopamine when that ding goes off or you get some is there something going on there? Yeah. Yes, and that's kind of that, like, why I think that this would fall into more of like a process addiction because yeah. yes, you're still getting that release of dopamine, you're still getting that reward system, um, you know, instant gratification. Yes, instant gratification, absolutely. Um, set aside a fixed time each day to check Facebook. Um, so again, just kind of you check it. In the morning, maybe in the night, I, you know, you have to kind of set your own boundaries, but having a very set time. And again, that's just kind of doing a little bit of a mind trick of knowing that I'm going to look at it at one point today. Right. And you don't have to worry about checking it every 20, 30 minutes or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, honestly, asking yourself getting as vulnerable as possible and asking yourself why you're on it so much. Are you bored? Are you lonely? Yeah. Are you lonely and, and wanting that social outlet, wanting friends? Because I think it's great for that. But at the same time, that only takes us far away from real life and that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, am I depressed? Am I so you don't want to feel seeking that. that validation because I'm depressed and I need that from my friends? You're figuring out, like getting deeper and asking yourself, why am I on this so much? What am I posting? And mm -hmm. um so you can be dis disassociating, distracting, because you don't want to feel what's really going on for you in your life. So it's like, rather than doing that, I'll just get a quick fix. Yes. I'm guilty of that. I think we're all guilty of it <laughs> yeah. at some point. For and sure. so just even though if you meet some of those criteria, it does by no means means that you have a social media addiction. But at the same time, I think we all need to be aware of this. And I think, like I said, previously timing how much time you're on it and you don't ha necessarily have to share that with your partner if it's something that you know is shocking to you yeah you just got to take the steps to minimize that amount of time um i know if i did that that i would probably be a little shocked as well because it's just you know you're walking down the hall your phone's in your hand you might look at it yeah i do it all the time too i, I agree i liked what you said about bringing awareness to it because i think a lot of the time for well i can say for myself i'm maybe not aware and it's just like it becomes habitual so i think what i hear you saying is set some boundaries become more aware and uh you know get clear on what's going on for you yes is that right yes absolutely 
Um, let's see if there's anything else. Um, another, just some other solutions. Um, so we kind of talked about, you know, looking in, finding the deeper of the why. Um, and maybe once you find that or once you're starting to, to seek that out, because, again, we may not be fully aware of it. It may have, take us a little bit of time to, to do that searching is replacing that behavior with something else. Um, so creating a plan, setting yourself up for success. When I do this, when I check social media in the morning, I'm not I'm not going to do this anymore, but I have to replace that with something. Okay. So what would that be? Would that be turning on the news and watching the news? Would that be doing 10 push-ups? 10 push-ups? Would exactly would that be going for a run? Would mm-hmm. that be I mean anything? Sure. Anything that fits into your life, but replacing that with something. Um, same with at night. At night, you know, when you can't sleep and you're going through stuff, maybe look at it for five minutes, put it down, turn yeah. it on, talk, or excuse me, turn it on silent and read a book. I like that. I like putting on a, a guided meditation for a couple yes. of minutes just to yes. like calm, you know, feel, you know, just get back into my body rather than being lost in all those thoughts from what's going on for the day. And setting yourself up for success is crucial because if you don't have a plan, then more than likely you're just going to revert back to old behaviors, old patterns. It's just, it's only natural. We're only human. Um, So, you know, having a couple things um, as, you know, this is what I'm going to replace it with, but this is my second and my third backup or something along those lines. Um, But we can break this. This cycle, it just takes time Um, and rewarding yourself. If you haven't been on social media for a week, reward yourself in some way. And again, that looks different to everybody. Um, That could be going to get ice cream. That'd be getting a pedicure. That could be, I don't even know, going to top golf. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Just something, something fun um, for yourself Um, because it's hard. So definitely reward yourself. That's a, I think that's a, Something that's really important. Yeah, I like, um, I like the reward system. I think I think it does. I, I think we beat ourselves up enough, and rather than doing some of that, you know, really take taking good care of yourself, being a little bit more kind and compassionate, and you know, acknowledging. Absolutely. Um, there was one other thing I want to talk about um, with social media that that could be negative. Um, is obviously our our drop in productivity, um, just, you know, by occupying our time, um, but also fatigue and stress. So if you're spending your energy looking, or if you're looking at anything social media, you're, you're spending your energy there. So mm-hmm. you have less energy to spend elsewhere. Gotcha. Um, it, you know, causes issues with eyes. Um, and just looking at a screen for that long makes you tired. And so it is taking away yeah. you know, from your productivity and, and does uh, studies have shown that it can produce more fatigue and stress. Um, but also one thing that I think is important is what it can do to our self-esteem and our, our self-worth and um, how we view ourselves because we're constantly looking and this isn't for everyone, but a lot of people are looking at pictures of males or females that probably edited the pictures possibly sure, yeah. and are comparing themselves because again we're only human and we tend to compare ourselves to other people um but we're not we're comparing ourselves as a false reality that's not even real and then we see this person going on these vacations or checking in or with all you know doing all these things when you may be a stay-at-home mom and that that can get under your skin sure and you start shitting all over yourself i should be doing this and i should be doing that and that's how i should look and then it. you start resenting things possibly you know possibly yeah, um 
But comparing ourselves is something that's super, super dangerous and something I go through um, with the majority of my clients because I think no matter what the age is, we get sucked into that, but especially the the younger generations. They they really compare themselves to what they see on the internet. And unfortunately, what we see on the internet is not always true. It's not always accurate. So they believe these people on the internet have this perfect life, not realizing that none of us do. Nobody, doesn't matter how many million, millions of dollars you have, that they struggle, they go through uh, the same type of shit that we do. It's just, how, who's going to post that? Or how do you post that? How do you post what's difficult for you? You don't, you don't see too many people doing that. And it's really weird. They're not weird. I, I see that. How can it be just one way? How, how come we can't see it's so polarized and we can't see that if you're a human being, you, you go through stuff. I think we all, for the majority, we know that. I think that emotional part of our brain just takes over the logical part of it sure. because I mean if think about how much time we're spending on that and if we're just scrolling through it over and over and over again or this individual is posting things multiple times a day or just daily yeah. I mean you're going to be reminded of that over and over and over again so it might be easy to kind of counteract that in the beginning yeah. but as time goes on that's going to become more of a struggle yeah that makes well that makes a lot of sense so that's that's going to be like the the uh, prevailing uh, image that you get and then thinking you're not good enough because this person just has it all. Or looking at this person's likes, they have 450 likes and your picture has got like six, you know what I mean? (laughs) That I'm, I mean, I'm I'm serious when I say that, you know, that's something that my clients have spoken to me about. It's something that bothers them. Um, And I understand it. Yeah, absolutely. But I definitely think for the most part, there's normally a, a a deeper reason. And a lot of the times it does stem from self-esteem or self-worth. That's not always, always the case. Yeah. Um, but something that you had said was what, you know, it's normally positive. Um, although I have had some clients who have, and I actually know people who I should just say that I know more people who have posted something real or like really deep yeah, trauma, maybe some traumatized, something traumatizing or what's difficult. Um, yes, and I've seen it go a positive way, but I've also seen it go a very negative way. Can where, you explain more? Um, they're posting something about feeling depressed or um, just feeling really down, mm. feeling like they don't, they miss their friends or they don't have that many friends. And people can be cruel, and people can be especially cruel when it's on the computer because it's not face to face. Gotcha. And you can hide behind the computer. Yeah. Um. And that is very detrimental to people. So if somebody I mean, responds negatively to this person, oh yeah. then that's going to just send I mean, I've them. I've seen awful things. Like, oh, wow. no one likes you, you know, go kill yourself kind of a thing. That, and so that, you know, people refrain from putting that kind of so stuff up. So being vulnerable, don't. And I know that's an extreme example, but sure. I mean, I know at least four examples off the top of my head that are almost to the T of that. Wow. Um, or, you know, someone puts out, an opinion that's important to them, special to them, something that they truly believe in. And somebody just says some really negative stuff in the comments, you know, and thinks that your opinion's stupid and that it should be this way. And, you know, that reduces your want to be vulnerable or to, you know, share that again. Absolutely. That makes a great deal of sense to me. And I think in a relationship, this is 
that we each have 100% responsibility on our side. So let's just say like, I've heard this before. My partner, let's say if it's around going to the gym, my partner doesn't go to the gym. So then I don't go, then I can't go to the gym or um, my partner isn't going to do this, um, this exercise with me around curbing our social media. So I can't do it. And I think that's kind of a cop out. I think you have a hundred, your partner may not want to do this, but you have the opportunity to do it and take the lead in the hopes that they may follow, but you can't expect them to like, if you want to go to the gym, you have every opportunity to go to the gym. If you want to stop eating fast food, you can do it because you live with someone or you're partnered with someone or they're your friend. Like what, what can you be responsible for in, in this relationship? And what can you do? I think is something that you have to look at. Uh, you know, I would challenge the person who, uh, is wanting to change his partner's habits in taking the lead in changing his or her own first. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times that, that does work. Um, and what's important about that is that you're doing that change for yourself. Right. Because you've said that multiple times mm-hmm. that this is something that we have to do for ourselves. Because you can't do that change for somebody else and then expect them to follow. Right. Because if they don't follow, that may bring up some negative feelings. Sure. Um, so you want to do that in the hopes that they follow, but you definitely right. want to do that for yourself. Um, and hopefully, you know, your partner will see, hey, they seem happier and they're more connected with the, with the world, the real world. And um, they don't have their phone, you know, at dinner. Maybe I shouldn't have my phone at dinner. Yeah. Or... We both don't have our phones while we're driving. And so someone starts up a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that really lands for me. I just, it just feels good thinking about doing that, like taking the lead, being the leader and doing what I can, what can I be responsible for? And, and rather than putting all of my emotional wealth, well being in someone else, like if they're not going to do it, then I can't, or I'm not going to feel okay, or I'm not going to be okay. Maybe that's what that person needs is to see you take control and you be the leader so they can, you know, follow or, uh, yeah, just kind of a thought. No, I think that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. Well, I am, uh, aware of the time and, uh, we're going to wind down. Uh, and I think what's the one more question. Okay. Um, so how does the person, approach so what is what's a tool that how how does it well we kind of touched on it but what does that sound like to you let's say i'm the uh i'm the person that's spending all the time on social media and you want to approach me how do you uh how would you do that how would you say it to me how would you come come towards me four different things cool my mind um honestly what i would do is approach the situation while the person is on okay social media all right so that casey one second so this this is going to be the listener's action step so how does he move into action around this and this is what we're we're giving you a couple of different examples of how he or she can go about uh, approaching the person who uh you want to have this conversation with. yes okay um and and kind of doing what we had spoken about 
previously, you know, very non-judgmental, very genuine about the concern, not blaming. Those are very, very important or else it may be perceived very, very differently. And okay. the conversation can go a totally different direction. Yeah. Um, I a whole other situation. At yes. your hands. Okay. I like approaching people when they're doing something and that doesn't not with like addiction with substance abuse. So let me just right. clarify sure. that. You now, want that person to be if sober. If smoking yes. crack, we yes. do not want you to approach them um, while doing yes. so. Gotcha. And again, you know your partner the best. So, you know, think about what would work best for them and for you. Um, but approach, approaching the person, maybe when they're on social media or while they're at the dinner table and just in, you know, a very nice tone and just say, Hey, would you, would you mind putting your phone down? I really want to talk to you about something that actually involves your phone. Mm. You know, I feel that you're on your phone a lot and you spend a lot of, you know, our possible quality time on, on your phone. And I've you know really started to see it increase and, um, it really bothers me. You know, I know that I'm not completely innocent in this. I know that I also have, you know, social media and yeah. I think it's a, a great tool to use as an outlet and to, and to stay connected with people. Um, but I'm just, you know, genuinely concerned of, you know, how much time you spend on social media. Um, you know, and then kind of ask them their input, you know, yeah. do you feel that you spend a lot of time on social media or how do you think that you, you utilize social media or what do you use it for? Or why do you use social media? Um, really kind of, bringing them into the conversation, sure. allowing them to share. Because and again, sometimes they may not realize how much time they spend on it or what they use it for. Sure. And you, and I liked what you did. You owned your shit. You owned that. Hey, I do. I have this behavior as well. I'm not, I'm not just projecting all of this onto you. And uh, also um, what was the second part I wanted to say? Uh, also, uh, I can't. I forget how you said it, but it really landed for me. Uh, oh, you used the I statement, of course. You owned your part of it, and uh, my, it escapes me now. Okay, so okay. I have a, yeah. coming in with a, a, plan, a plan might also be gotcha. um, a, a good option. Of so, I've been thinking about it, and you know, I listened to this podcast, or I was looking on the internet about how to kind of set some boundaries with social media because I know it's so prevalent, you know, now nowadays. And um, these, these are some of the ones that I found. These are some of the ones that I came up with. What are your thoughts? Cool. You know? Oh, that was it. That was it. Like considering them. Mm -hmm. I feel considered like you're asking my opinion about how I feel about this. Not just, you know, coming at me. Not stating it like it's like factual. Right, right, right. How, you're, that is exactly what it was. Thank you. How do I feel about mm -hmm. it? And that's important. It is important. For you to ask me how I feel, like I feel considered. So yeah, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad that popped back into my uh, my head. Thank Perfect. You. Yeah. All right, but yes, coming to the table with some examples of boundaries, like not having them, not being on social media, or even having your phone in your hand whenever you guys are driving somewhere together, or at the dinner table, or during family dinners, or and you know if you're a nurse or you need to, or you need to have your phone on call, like sometimes I do. You gotta make exceptions, but that sure. looks very different. Of your phone rings and you answer it, right. <laughs> rather than You're just scrolling through things and and having that just awkward silence. Yeah. Um, it really disconnects people. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. And it happens more and more and more and more often. If we let it slide for six months, we're gonna let it probably slide for another six months. And right. So you definitely want to address the issue, um, but also come to the table with a few solutions. So it's not just kind of left open-ended of, okay, well, what do you want me to do about it then? Yeah. 
Well, let's do this together. I'm not going to have my phone at the dinner table. How do you feel about that? I'm not going to have my phone. Um, let's not even bring our phones into the bedroom. Yeah, that's... We'll keep them on loud and, you know, we can plug them in the kitchen or in the bathroom so we can hear it. But not having it next to your bed where you can just pick it up and look at it and before you realize that you're even scrolling through social media. Yeah. Yeah. I think having a plan is is a great idea and in, in doing it together, like devising a plan, how you can spend less time on social media and more time being intimate with one another. Because I would imagine that being with a, being with someone is probably more what you desire rather than scrolling through faith, Facebook and being, uh, you know, upset about, how many likes this person has where you actually have a connection with your partner, your friends. It's making memories. And this is kind of, kind of pertains. I remember this quote that I saw and I probably am saying it incorrectly, but um, it has something to do with um, kids. And it said, your kids aren't going to remember playing video games this summer. They'll remember the experiences or the memories that you guys make and it was like a picture of them being outside and mm. and playing games or you know things like that they're gonna remember that they're not gonna remember hours of being in bed looking at social media and of any age um you know a night staying in just watching tv and being on your phone that might not be as memorable as going even just going for a walk it doesn't have to cost money going to a walk going to the park yeah. walking your dog um anything you know anything else that involves conversation or just being present with one another um the other two examples i had of approaching it is some people don't necessarily like to be called out right then and there i do because then you like to have your bullshit you like somebody call bullshit on you like bam right there because then you can't really run away from it. Yeah, I you like just that. Just call me on it and I'm doing it. And yeah. it's like, yeah, okay. That's cool. <laughs> I get it. So I like that better. And yeah. I and again, I don't do that with all my clients, but I'll do it with a lot of my clients because I'll be like, I don't do it. Let me give you an example of what you just said five minutes ago. And it kind of resonates with them because they're like, oh, yeah, I did. So you, for me, it reduces that defensiveness. Yeah. Um, some people don't like that, which I understand. So another way would be like, hey, I want to have a, a talk with you tonight at like 630. You know, kind of planning that out. Yeah. Um, for me, that would cause me a little bit of anxiety. Sure. So. You're like, I want to know what it is right yeah, now. Tell me exactly, now. Exactly. Okay. So you need to know your partner. Yes, exactly. You need to know what, how, what, how, they re, how they would relate. 100%. Gotcha. Um, but some people, you know, prefer that to just kind of get mentally and emotionally ready, you know, for both sides of that. Um, the person who's approaching the topic and the person who's going to be the listener of, okay, well, I'm having a semi-serious conversation with my partner and I at 630 because you know, he, he told me <laughs> or she told me here. Um, and then the other way would honestly be the letter. And I, that is a go-to for, I mean, I use that for so many reasons. Um, parents write it to your kids, you know, kids write it to your parents. I mean, you know, it, it literally goes any way and it's kind of what we say before you're able to, I have some people even do that through email. That's better. But I prefer writing handwriting because you actually get to process it a little bit better than typing. Yep. Um, it's kind of similar to speaking out loud. Um, so writing that out and being able to, you know, erase or cross out what you what you don't what you don't mean or you know you didn't say that in the best way or it mm -hmm. might be presented differently. So to really be able kind of to edit that and really get your point across in uh, the most precise way that you can, yeah. and then allowing that person to read it probably reread it and be able to process that rather than just get defensive and shut down sure. and then want to project possibly. Yeah. So they, 
read through your concern, but you also want to add some positive things in there. Like I miss doing these things with you or, you know, just positive things about your, about your partner. Yeah. Um, they'll read that as well. Yeah. And they may get, you know, upset and put it down, but hopefully they go back and read it again. And again, just kind of process those emotions on their own yeah. before you guys come together and talk about it. Because they, because if you just speak those words, chances are we're not going to remember everything that was said, but we will remember the negative. But if you have some positive things that are written down, you, what I like what you said, you can go back. You can keep going back to it and reading it. And they're going to read through those positive mm-hmm. things. And, uh, and they're going to let you know how much they, you know, you do care. Yes. It sounds like it. Um, the only thing I, I left out was accountability. If you want like accountability, accountability buddy. Oh, yeah. Um, that's always a good thing. And that can be your partner. Just holding one another accountable. And that goes both ways. Um, yeah. That's a pretty big thing with any any you know struggle with any kind of addiction um or habit um so that can be you know a positive a positive thing to help as well as having that accountability um you can also work through you know social media addiction with counselors um i actually found some counselors that actually specialize in that so i was like wow okay and treatment centers that specialize in that which i honestly did not know existed um I i knew that it was something that was you know discussed but i didn't know it was that was their specialty. Yes. Wow. Yes. So it's a niche. Yes. So this is more common than I think than we realize. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with it and compare ourselves to other people because they're on social media all the time. So what's the problem with me being on social media all the time? So that comparing definitely is a, a dangerous, uh, dangerous hole to fall down. <laughs> Absolutely. Casey, thank you so much for all of your uh, wisdom and insight here. Where can the, the listener uh, reach out? And if they have more questions, can you share your email or social social media or how, however you'd like for them to get in touch with so you? <laughs> yeah, we'd like your social security. Um, Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, period, E, period, Lini, L-E-A, Emma's and Mary Y at Gmail. Um, you can email me if you have any questions or anything like that. Uh, or if you can go, give me a call at 469-701-1223. And I'm located in the, the North Dallas area, Preston and Campbell. Awesome. Thank you again, Casey. We really appreciate it. Really enjoyed being with you. I love this. And uh, thank you to the listener. Uh, if you're, uh, thank you to the listener. And uh, we look forward to uh, meeting up with you guys real soon. And like Casey said, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email her uh, or you can connect with her. Uh, she left her phone number. So thank you guys very much. Have a great rest of your morning, evening, afternoon, or night, whatever it is for you. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.